Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. Thank you. Give them a hand, would you? God bless you. want to uh, welcome all of you that are following us by Facebook this morning. Welcome. And uh, we pray that God will bless you, heal you, financially bless you, and just thank you for being with us. Amen. I'd like you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. You know, there are, there are words in the Bible, and we say them all the time when we read them, but we're not really sure what they mean. For example, uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about the Beatitudes. Now, who, who would like to raise your hand and tell me what that word means? Nobody? Not a single person. Well, there are eight declarations of blessedness made by Jesus at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5. Each beginning with, quote, blessed are. Some scholars speak of seven, nine, or ten beatitudes, but the number appears to be eight. Verses 10 through 12 of Matthew chapter 5 being one beatitude. The Greek word translated blessed means spiritual well-being and prosperity. The deep joy of the soul. The blessed have a share in salvation and have entered the kingdom of God experiencing a foretaste of heaven. Some scholars render each beatitude as an explanation or an exclamation, thank you. Oh, the bliss or blessedness of this or that. The Beatitudes describe the ideal uh, disciple and his rewards, both present and future. The person whom Jesus describes in this passage has a different quality of character and lifestyle than those still outside the kingdom. Now, this is interesting. As a literary form, the Beatitude is also found often in the Old Testament, especially in Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 34, verse 8, chapter 65, verse 4, and chapter 128, verse 1. And often in the New Testament also. And so, that's just a little bit of a, of a background. I want, you to, I want you to have this in your mind also. When Jesus appeared on the scene... He was about 33 years old, a little bit less. Nobody knew who he was, unless you were from Nazareth. You might have met him or his his father. They were carpenters. 
But when it was time for his ministry, when it was time for his ministry, he just walked out into uh, the fields, uh, down the roads, in the cities. He didn't make a big deal out of anything, but people started noticing. What were they noticing? They noticed that everywhere he went, people were getting healed. People were being set free. The dead were being raised. He wasn't shouting and making a big deal out of it. Now, that got their attention. And they began to follow him in flocks. And as time went by, uh, the number of people that followed him grew and grew and grew. Uh, I have been to the place where he delivered this sermon, the Beatitudes. It's on the side of a of a hill, sharp hill, go, going up from the Sea of Galilee, which is really a lake, but it goes up fairly steeply. And he went up, got as high as he could get, and then the people that were following him, uh, they got underneath him, and so everybody could see him. And he begins to preach this message. It's so simple that we kind of ignore it. But I'm going to read through it, and I want you to get a hold of it because it's one of the most powerful scriptures full of wisdom that you'll ever find in, in the Word that came out of the mouth of Jesus. Matthew 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, immediately he's, he's starting with something that's almost exact opposite of what you and I have been told. If you're poor, poor in spirit, uh, what does that mean? Are you, are you bashful? Are you ashamed? Or is there something wrong with you? But, but we have, we've all often thought if you had that calamity going on in your life, it was something wrong but, uh, with you. And, but what he's saying here is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. My goodness, the meek, imagine that. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't know if you've had that experience, but... Once you meet the Lord, there comes a time in that experience where you suddenly awaken one morning after a fairly good night's sleep and you, you open your eyes and you, you've, you begin to realize that you are hungering for God. The, 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 the thing that makes that begin in your life is when you realize that there is a God. had a guy in my office, a very close friend of mine, uh, a few a couple of years ago, and uh, we don't see much of each other now, but uh, I, I, I have prayed for him. I'm, I'm believing God for his salvation, and I, I just, he came into my office, and I, I said something uh, about God, and you know, he, he didn't even hesitate. He just looked at me and said, there is no God. That's just about the way he said it. There is no God. Well, let me tell you something. If there is no God, you're in trouble. If there is no God, that means 
that you're not going to have anywhere to go throughout eternity. Now, that's what these people believe. They think when you die, that's it. That's the end, that's the end of it, right? That's, that's what it means to be uh, a, non, a non-believer, <clears throat> an atheist, if you want to call it that, an atheist. Now, there's another word, agnostic. An agnostic person says, well, there might be a God, but I'm not going to believe it until you can prove it to me. I'm open, but you've got to prove it to me. An atheist has already made up his mind. He says, there is no God, and there's no sense in us even talking about it. One of the things that will sober you up about this subject is when you begin to realize that eternity is a long time. If, let me tell you something, what have you got to lose? If there is a God, if there is eternity, if there is a place for you with that God for eternity, what have you got to lose by accepting him? Let's just say that he's not real. And you accept him, and then you die, and he's not there. What have you got to lose? You see what I'm saying? But the fact is, he is there. The thing that convinced me, and and I've shared this with you before, but, excuse me, the thing that convinced me was all of the order. All around us, there's order. Second law of thermodynamics says that order can never come from disorder. Now, I often use the example of this chair. Uh, obviously, it doesn't take a genius to look at that chair and realize somebody planned it, somebody designed it, somebody gathered the materials to make it, somebody made it, and here it is, and you're, you're sitting in it. Now, we got the, the good chair. We got the one with the, the four-inch uh, seat for your bottom, and you got a lumbar support here for your back, these are nice chairs, aren't they? Somebody designed it. And when they designed that chair, they, they were thinking about you. Whoever gets this chair that I'm building here, I want them to smile every time they sit in it. I want them to be happy and know that somebody did design it. Now, think, think with me a minute. Think of all the order from the time of Adam and Eve all the way until now. Scientists talk about evolution. Well, everything, there was no Adam and Eve. It was just, uh, in the beginning, it was just uh, some one-celled amoebic-type uh, animal life. And, and, uh, but but they, they began to evolute higher and higher and higher. And it's just, it's, it's sad that people can even believe something like that. All of us are creatures of order. We've all got a nose right here. We've all got a mouth right here. <laughs> and everything about what we do is, is in order. I studied the, the human body for, for a time and the organs and how they operate and, and the way they keep you alive. And uh, it makes me want to take a little bit better care of myself than I have been in my life. But order is the key. And... And listen, God is that God of order. Now, let's go to uh, 
Where did I stop? Six. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you want something good, he teaches you to to give what you want. Do you need forgiveness? Forgive somebody. And by the way, if you've got an enemy that's really hurt your feelings and it was their fault, what what does Jesus say you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go and ask them to forgive you. If it's it's ab- absolute opposite of what we would think would be common sense. We would think, well, you hurt my feelings, therefore I'm going to slap you on the on your mouth until you hit the ground, and I'm going to go stomp you. That's the way we think. That's the way I was taught by my own parents. Listen, Jesus tried to teach us what is real power. When you go to somebody who's harmed you and hurt you, and you're very meek when you go, say you go up to their door, door and you ring the doorbell, and they come, and they see you, and they, they, they give you a little bit of reaction, and you, before they can say anything, you say, look, I know that there's something wrong between us, and I just want you to know it's my fault. Now, what does that do? It causes the person who hurts you to drop their defenses. And that opens up their ears so that they can start listening to what you're trying to say. Next thing you know, you've regained your friend. And the thing that happened between you and your friend doesn't seem like such a big deal anymore. Amen? That's the power that this man Jesus brought to the earth. And they were shocked by it. They expected him to gather an army. And they were going to just carry out destruction on the Romans who were taxing them to death. Jesus was saying things like, if your enemy slaps you on this side of your face, turn your, uh, your head over and let him slap the other side. So, so different than what you would think would be something that we'd want to learn. But that's exactly what Jesus taught. It's exactly what he taught. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Now, verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Well, it makes my food taste good. But what's the main thing that salt does? It's a preservative. And uh, you've got to be careful with it because if if you consume too much of it, it can kill you. It can cause you to have heart problems. And uh, so you've got to, everything... uh, that we partake in has to have a little bit of uh, uh, thinking brought into it. You don't want to get carried away with it or you could actually end up hurting yourself more than helping yourself. But you got to admit, salt's kind of nice once in a while. Amen? But he says, you're the salt of the earth and if the salt has lost 
his savor or taste, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it goes, it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may, you, they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, uh, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. See, Jesus didn't hate the law. He fulfilled it on your, for your sake. You know why? Because there's not a one of you in here that can keep the law uh, perpetually. You can't do it. You, you might keep it for half a day, but uh, a day goes by and there'll be a part of the law that you'll find yourself breaking. It, it's part of the rebellious nature that's inside. It's called the fallen nature. It's what happened to Eve when she got hooked up with that little snaky snake, right? And it caused rebellion. And that rebellion caused her to disobey God, disobey her husband. Dis- and it caused a real wreck in humanity as people were born. They were born with that as part of their, uh, their human nature. And it's, it's a hard thing to, to get over, okay? But you can do it with his help. You know, I try to vision those people sitting on the side of that, of that mountain, listening to him speak. It's unbelievable. They're hungry and they're thirsty for some kind of violence against the Romans. They want some, they want revenge. And what he's giving them is a better way. And you know what? It works. It works every time. His way works. Our way doesn't work at all. Ever. Now, verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall be shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. By the way, that's a thing that the people living in uh, Jerusalem at this time uh, were learning they just thought it was normal, though. Well, the scribes, the Pharisees, the, these were the, the up-and-up people, the people that were running things. And uh, they, they wore nicer clothes than everybody else. They had a certain amount of power. And people uh, did what they told them to do. But they were also dishonest. Some of them were just downright evil. And because they had the power to be evil, what are you going to do? It's just like John the Baptist sitting down in that cell 
uh, in, in Herod's uh, home. And uh, Herod's got a thing for his wife's daughter. And uh, he gets drunk, wants her to dance for him. And the mother hates John the Baptist because he's been talking bad uh, about uh, Herod and, and him marrying her because she was, well, that's another thing. She was married to somebody else. But the, the point is, she wanted him dead. So she goes to his daughter and says, uh, daughter, Tell him you'll dance for him, but you you want him to do something for you. What's that, Mom? Tell him you want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And that's exactly what she got. John the Baptist was a gentle guy. He loved people. You go down to the Jordan River and stay there for weeks baptizing people in the water, preparing their hearts to receive the, the message of this great prophet Jesus. And what did he get in return for that? He lost his life. And by the way, all of them, all of the disciples with the exception of one, were all murdered. Who knows who, who the one is that wasn't? John, the, 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 the blessed disciple. I'm sorry? Yeah, the revelator, the revelator, yes. And he, he died of natural causes, a very old man when he died. Uh, the rest of them were murdered. They were crucified. Some, some of them had their heads cut off. Uh, one of the disciples, when they came to, to crucify him, he said, please, I think it was Peter, wasn't it? He said, please, I, I don't want to be crucified the same way Jesus was. I want you to turn me upside down so I can be crucified. I'm not worthy to be crucified the way he was. I think that some of those disciples learned what he was trying to teach them. Hopefully that was passed down to their wives, to their children, and passed down and passed down and passed down. And now it's gotten to you. What are you doing with it? What are, you, what are you doing with the Word of God that has been placed inside of your heart? Do you practice it? Do you read it? Do you teach it? Do you share it with others? Hope, hoping that as you do, they're going to have a reaction that could cause them not only to, to get saved, but to be able to help others and to bring healing to people that are, are sick and, and people that need financial help. All of you have been called. You have been called and you have a calling on your life. All of you in here have been ordained. Yeah, I've got four or five ordination, sets of ordination papers in there. They're, they're worthless. The only one that matters is the ordination that God put on me. And, that, and that's the same thing he did with you. He loved you. How's the uh, taco shop going? You know we love you. You need anything? Come, come up here. Liz, can you help me? I guess all the restaurants and, and food, food places are having a problem finding help. So we waited all these months 
to get these restaurants open and now they can't find people to cook the food and serve it. Tell everybody your name. Cindy. And and the name of your taco place. No to go south. And it's on it's right on Canal Street. <coughs> right by that yeah. And she makes good tacos. <coughs> I don't want to embarrass you, but the Lord told me to pray for you and so uh how's your husband doing? Uh, is he still struggling from, uh, didn't he have a spell of cancer of some kind? Okay. Would you put your hands out this way? Father, I know what AFib's about. I've been in it 16 years. And uh, Lord, we, we would lift up Cindy. She's got a business. It's the way they support themselves. And now that the, the COVID thing is taking a step back, you'd think that business would get better, but she can't find any help. So, Father, I'm asking you to send help so that she can properly manage that business. And that good, good food will continue to come out of there, blessing everybody who, who has it. Father, I ask for uh, healing for her husband. I ask you to just touch him in a powerful way. And, Lord, just touch her and heal her in Jesus' name. And everybody's head. We love you. Thank you. If you need a job, well, there you are. Um, where did I quit? Does anybody know? 21. You have heard that it was said by them, of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whatsoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whatsoever is whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, uh, Raka, shall be in danger of, of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell, hell fire. That's a pretty serious thing to call people fools. That's what I get out of that. Therefore, if thou bring the gift, thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there the gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer the gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the, uh, the adversary deliver to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and then uh, be cast into prison. Verily I say unto you that thou shalt be uh, no means come, or thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. That good old King James, that's a good old thing, isn't it? <coughs> I was just wondering, is there anybody else in here that's really struggling uh, this morning and you need prayer? Do what? Liz, get Liz. Have you still got the oil? 
I need a couple of, of, of you guys, people, come and help. I'm just trying to obey God. Now, you want to tell everybody what you're going through? Um, I finally got a doctor that is going to try to find out exactly what's wrong with me. I have to get biopsies done on the knots that they've been calling lipomas because he said they don't actually feel like lipomas to him. They will be checking for lupus. They want to put a shunt in my liver and on and on it just, I need some prayer. <laughs> feel led to come up and help us, please do that. Lord, we pray for our sister. She's come a long way and she loves you. We've watched her grow in the Lord. We're, we're proud of her. And Father, now these uh, things with her body have, have just appeared. Her problems with her liver, uh, problems with uh, these lipoma type uh, growths in her body. Father, she needs you to touch her. She needs you to help her. And so, Father, we in agreement right now lay hands on her and we speak life and healing to her in Jesus' name. Father, help her to, to feel your presence right now. Help her to feel your presence. Help her to know that you've heard this prayer and you're going to do something about it. That's what all of you need to understand. God doesn't just hear you when you, when you pray to him. He does something. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Is there anybody else that needs prayer? How can we pray for you? I'm struggling on my gums. Pull all your teeth out. Are you going to replace them with something else? Okay. Do you have infection? Okay. Father, we pray for Michael. Uh, that's some of the worst pain there is, is dental pain. Father, we lift her up to you. We ask you, Lord, to to uh, take away this pain out of her gums, out of her mouth. Father, heal her, uh, prepare her, Lord, for these dentures. I, we pray that they fit perfectly and that she can use them and be blessed by them. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Everybody said, okay, we'll be praying for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Where? Can you come up here? Where are you pointing at, Judy? Well, they're pointing at you. I All right. How can we pray for you, Jean? My right leg. You're going to anoint that. Father, we thank you for Jean and uh, her love for you. 
I'm asking you, Lord, to just touch her body. Uh, whatever's wrong with the, uh, her legs, particularly the right leg, uh, Father, we just ask you to heal that whole nervous system, uh, everything in that leg that, that uh, is causing pain. We cast it out in Jesus' name. Father, touch her, bless her, be with her. Let her know that you love her. And give her strength, Father. Restore her ability to walk without that walker. And Father, we thank you for hearing us now in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you doing, Pamela? You're just dandy all the time, aren't you? Pretty much. Uh, Pam, where did you... Uh, you said you taught in Hobbs? And here, were you just a teacher or were you in the, and a principal at what school? Wow. <laughs> Let's pray for her. Father, thank you for a, a, a wonderful lady that gave her life to teaching your children. Father, I thank you that she's here. I thank you that she's a blessing to me and Liz and everyone in the church. I know she prays. I know she's faithful. Father, we just ask you to grant her the desires of her heart. Meet every need that she has and keep her safe. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to point your hands toward Leslie. Leslie was raised in a wonderful home. Unfortunately, they had a lot of heart problems in their families. Her, her brother died from a heart problem. Uh, she's had several heart things going on. So can we pray for her? She's doing a good job for you and the church. Father, we thank you for Leslie. I ask you, Lord, just to raise her up, heal that heart muscle, heal uh, artery, open up the, the blood vessels, let the blood flow freely, oxygen, uh, get to all parts of her body. Father, thank you. Thank you that she loves you. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Any, anyone else? Yes, Isabel. How have you been doing, Isabel? Isabel's a diabetic, right? But she's allergic to the the insulin. Now, isn't that something? You got to have the insulin for diabetes, but she's allergic to it. So they're still working, trying to figure out something. Have they got any ideas? Well, God has an idea. Amen. Father, we lift up Isabel to you. We cast out this. Uh, uh, allergy to uh, insulin. We cast out diabetes. Father, we just ask you to touch her with your power and your might. And Lord, take away depression and fear and replace it with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name. We just pray that the Lord just comes in and cleanses your blood all the way through your body, just totally cleansed and healed of everything that is amiss there, Father. We just ask that it just flow the way you designed it to flow. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Yes. He was having chest pains because of steroids. If they've had massive amounts of steroids, they've had her on. They haven't been able to get her off because she's constantly breaking out. But the steroids will kill her if they don't get her off of them. She needs total deliverance. Jesus? What we do is we, we're claiming a total healing for you. And don't don't let the devil get you down. You you climb up. Okay? You have authority over him and we have authority over him and we're we're siding with you. Okay? Bob says it's possible. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna let you go in just a moment. Okay. Love you, man. I'm sorry. Judy, you need prayer. For what? We take Tyson to a doctor tomorrow to get him ready for surgery. On Thursday, we take Alexia to a lung specialist. Mother always said, when it rains, it pours. Well, we pray for you, all the grandkids. I speak life and healing to all of them. I speak life and healing to you. Command this foot to be healed. And Father, replace uh, the, the despondency with joy. Lord, restore her joy to her, the joy of the Lord. Let her know that she's doing a good job. It's not easy what she has to do, but it has to be done, and she's doing a good job. Thank you, Lord. She lost her uh, daughter, and uh, her daughter's husband's not able to care for uh, the boys and and the daughter, so she's doing that. She's doing a good job. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Yep. She's what? You know what it is? Oh. Liz, you want to anoint uh, Cheryl? She's got five discs that are, what's wrong with them? I've got one that's ruptured and I'm not sure about the others. I know they're bulging. Father, we lift up Cheryl to you. We just take authority over these, uh, the damage that's been done in those discs. Father, we thank you that you are greater than any damage that can be inflicted upon her. Father, heal her in Jesus' name from top to bottom. And Lord, we agree with you and we agree with her. There's power in numbers. Father, heal her right now. Take away the pain. I want you to take a a nice, slow, deep breath and blow out with your mouth. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
Amen. Uh, won't you close your eyes just a moment before I let you go? Father, I thank you for Jesus. Sometimes the, the things he said and the things that he taught were difficult for us to understand but when we look carefully at what things he did teach we we see the power we see the love we see the concern Father bless this church and I'm praying for all the churches because they're in not only in Carlsbad but in practically every city in America the church the churches have been devastated by this COVID thing. People are staying home, <clears throat> particularly elderly people, because they don't want uh, to take a chance of getting sick, passing it on to their grandkids and so forth. Father, let them know that you're going to care for them. As we go today, I pray that every person who walks out that door will be taking Jesus with them. Help them to have a wonderful day today. All of us, in Jesus' name. Okay? <clears throat> right now, Father, we ask you to touch John. He needs a new heart, rebuilt and strengthened by you, renewed. And God, in Jesus' name, we know we can trust you to do so. His blood rate is slow, and it needs to be increased. If you don't touch, he may, he may wind up with a pacemaker. Well, you're his pacemaker. You just put it in, in yourself, and you take care of that, Father, we ask God. We're dependent on you. We have all our faith in you, Father. You are a great physician, and we, we depend on you. We trust you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. All right. Uh, don't forget, we've got cookies in the back. Would you go back and buy all of those cookies? <laughs> You're dismissed. May God bless you today. Have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful uh, week. God bless you. They're back there because I know that uh, Michael has a kitty that she mothers and Cheryl has other people that she mothers. And so everybody mothers something, right? So go grab you a flower and a manicure kit. Oh, she mothers you? I hope not. <laughs>